You're listening to the Creating a Brand Podcast. I am your host, Alex Sanfilippo, and I am especially excited about today's episode because we are covering a topic that I've had to learn the hard way. And I'll explain what I mean during this episode, but we're talking about starting ugly. No, not in your dating life, in business. If you want to succeed, you have to be willing to start ugly, and we'll really explain that throughout this episode, and it applies to launching a new company, a new product, a new service, whatever it may be. Today's guest is Chris Kremensos. Chris is the author of the new book, Start Ugly. He is also the founder and CEO of PodFest Multimedia Expo. It's a large podcasting conference in Florida. In fact, it's one of my favorite. Stay tuned after the episode because I will be giving away a free ticket. Someone can come as my guest and also a discount code for anyone else who would like to attend. Chris's book needs no explanation or introduction. We really dive deep into what it means to start ugly throughout this episode, and I believe you'll find it extremely helpful. So let's not wait any longer. Here's my interview with Chris. Chris Kermensos. Chris, thank you so much for being on the Creating a Brand podcast today. Hey, Alex. Thanks for having me on. You know, before we started this, we had a short conversation here, and this is not necessarily on our main topic, but I wanted to mention this. You mentioned that the book we're going to talk about today took you 41 years to write. I guess specifically took you just a few hours to write more realistically, but it was 41 years of information. Uh, Can you just share a little bit about your history and where you've kind of been on your journey in life? Yeah, I'm a serial entrepreneur before it was uh, the cool thing to do. I was the kid in class that would sell candy at 13 years old. And then I would, you know, always have side projects and businesses. So I always knew I was going to be an entrepreneur in some way, shape or form. So I never graduated college, although I went to three of them, did really well with my grades um, and learned a lot of different spheres of influence. Somewhere in my late 20s, I got tired of chasing money like I always wanted to be. I want to make a lot of money. I want to be rich. And I shifted my focus into making an impact. Uh, I, I always was about helping all my friends. But when I shifted my focus of wanting to make an impact on the world, uh, in my late 20s, I had about six months I was able to take off and like just think about what I wanted to do. And I call that period of time in my life uh, the standing in the silence. So I was able to stand in the silence and ask myself, what do you want with your life? And I realized I was really good at a couple of things. I was really good at business. I was really good at connecting people together. And I was really good at community. And that started a new chapter in my life where I would create my own communities and then help facilitate an environment where people could achieve greatness by isolating them from limited thinkers. And that has been an extension of everything I've done since then. And recently I wrote the book, Start Ugly, but unlike a lot of my friends in the entrepreneurial uh, world, a lot of their books are anthologies or 10 people get together to write a book. And I get that. My goal was very specific. I want to reach a million people with a message And I had already coined the term start ugly in my talks because people always are wondering, when should I start? And I always just say, just start ugly and then perfect it from there. And then through actually a failed, I had a failed experience writing a book with a friend of mine. We're going to write a book called Future Proofing. And we realized as soon as we would write all about these future technologies that businesses should adapt or utilize or look into, the book would be out of print within the moment we went to print and we'd have to update immediately. So luckily for me, there was a little paragraph in that book about the example of a gentleman with a lumber mill getting replaced by the the next guy that came with the invention of the chainsaw. 
And I basically took that little paragraph of a story and I made it into a fictional story that teaches the lessons of being always willing to start ugly. And it's it's funny because I get a lot of successful business people like, oh, I don't need this. I go, actually, the example in the book is about someone that's wildly successful and they forget their way. And they're like, oh, oh, okay, maybe I should read it. And then this it pertains for creatives. It's for business owners. It's really for anyone that wants to start anything, really. So we're really excited about the success the book has had out of the gate. We've sold uh, quite a quite a lot of copies uh, for a hard copy at $20 a piece. And it's meant for a collectible edition. We think this book is a really good addition to people's bookshelves because I think the productivity will increase when you have the book start ugly staring back at you when you're delaying, um, you know, on starting a project. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. I actually have referenced this book a handful of times already since reading it. And I was one of the first people to grab a copy. I had that notification on to let me know when it was available on Amazon. And I believe the book sold out like really fast, like within days. I don't know if it was less than that even, but I, I realized really quick as I was recommending it to people, they're saying, Hey, Alex, it's, it's not there anymore. I was like, Oh man, which I know obviously you're doing more copies, but congratulations on your initial success with this. And it's one of those books that I picked up. And I wanted you to mention at the beginning there that it took you 41 years to kind of gain the wisdom to be able to write a book like this, because some people were like, man, how did you, where'd this guy come from with a book like this? But um, Start Ugly, it's a book that I believe that everyone needs to grab. It's one, like I said, I've mentioned already a handful of times. So I really want to dive into this, although we could also talk about community building and connection. But I think for this podcast episode, I want to get into this topic of Starting Ugly. Can you kind of share your initial experience with starting ugly? I have so many. So I'll just give you the example of starting ugly with community building. So here I was um, wanting to start a community, but I didn't know the first thing about like, how do you bring a group of people together? And at the time I was doing these live TV shows in in the Tampa Bay area. And the, a gentleman that would watch my TV shows, Mr. Diaz was a fan of the show. And he said, Hey, I'm in charge of the Legion hall, the American Legion hall. I'll give it to you for 300 bucks. I'm like, great, let's do it. And I remember asking, I'd sent out an email to all these business contacts I had developed. I was very well respected because I had a lot of people on my show. Uh, 99 people wound up showing up. I asked them to dress business professional. This was in June in Florida. It was extremely hot. And I remember when everybody showed up at the American Legion Hall, the air condition was broken. Not only that, but the uh, Legionnaires the you know retired military guys, the old school guys, they were smoking cigars the night before. The odor was so strong. I was like, man, I'm done. Like, there's no way this is going to succeed. Luckily, the show went on. I still put on a show. I, you know, addressed the issue. Uh, and then I told them my vision of this community. And I remember putting out these pieces of paper on the, on. basically you could join back then. You could write your credit card information. We would process it in the back of the room. And we had two levels of membership. And I was about to throw all these pieces of paper out because they were empty until a friend of mine, she stopped me and she goes, hey, what are you doing? I go, I'm going to put them in the garbage. She goes, a bunch of them are filled out. I go, they are. Uh, and I was focusing on what wasn't there. But if, when I started looking, I'm like, holy crap, one out of four were filled out. We had 20 people that joined. Wow. So that was my start ugly moment. I remember a friend of mine coming up to me after. He's like, why'd you have it at the American Legion, dude? Why didn't you put it in a hotel? I'm like, I didn't know. I didn't know anything about events. <laughs> Obviously. Right. That was a tip. That was a lesson. So we adjusted after that. But it was a, a huge start ugly moment. But had I not started, I wouldn't be where I am today. 2000 events later, someone that is really polished at the craft of putting on an event for a community. 
But my first event was a disaster. Yeah, it was basically a smoke-filled sauna is what it sounds like. <laughs> Pretty much, but with a really bad smell because it was, yeah, almost similar. Yeah, I would say yes. Yeah, but clearly the content was there and it kind of propelled you forward with success. Now, what if, you know, I think everyone understands what the, the term start ugly means, which I want to get into in a minute. But what if you would have taken a year to craft the perfect event for everybody? Do you think the results would have been much different than what they were? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think waiting a year. Yeah. I, you know something? I think timing is a big thing in essence. Mm -hmm. And I think I started at the right time. Had I waited, I don't think I would have had the same impact to be quite frank, because at the time the economy in Florida was taking a, a real big dive. It was in 2008. And had I waited, I think people would be so wounded from the economy. I would have had no one showing up. But because I had people join when I did, people started joining over the next year because they were looking for a safe haven for a place that was positive while they were getting beaten up. And I don't think I would have had the same opportunity a year later. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, Bill Gross, he's considered like the unicorn billionaire. I believe he's on his eighth billion dollar company. He started from scratch. He says the second most important thing is timing. And if you don't have the timing right, then it's it's makes or breaks you in the long game. So I agree with you. It was better that you took the time to just get started, launch your first event and start ugly, as we're calling it, and do that. So you're able to really grab people that needed that safe haven, as you're talking about, that they wouldn't have had a year later when maybe they would have found their own footing or another organization that would have taken your space. Yeah, timing. I'm going to give you a really great story about timing that most people don't understand because mm -hmm. there's a lot of luck in timing in business. And I used to not believe that as a younger man, but I had a friend who is part of a merchant processing company, like he processes payments and they were, all these companies had a regulation that they had to upgrade their technology for, um, until the regulation was about to take hold and they had to be upgraded before that date. Okay. And he started telling me the story how his company didn't have their act together, so they didn't update their technology till last minute. And I go, wow, that's terrible. He goes, no, actually, it came out really good. I go, why? He goes, because they waited so long, the technology platform everybody used was so old school, a new tech platform came out right before the deadline that they were able to use. So timing by being the first to market, the other ones had already busted, they'd already spent their budget upgrading their technology the the out of out of sheer luck and timing the technology company i waited last minute got the advantage of using the new you know artificial technology platform and it gave them an advantage over all their competitors so timing's a weird thing it could happen like you know being at the right place right time uh and sometimes it could happen by sheer luck right that's good. You know, I want to kind of shift our focus here now to page 78 in your book, which you cover four steps, which is innovate, create, refine and repeat. I'd love to go through each of those and kind of their quick definition that you have set within the book, Start Ugly. Yeah, so this is really um, very simple. But the first thing you need to do is um, figure out where you need to innovate. And that basically, I'm going to read the seven-step process because we, we made it really simple in, in this book. One is identify an opportunity, a new way of doing things. So that's very simple. A lot of times you're like, oh, I see this. We should do it like this. Or I see something new. So you identify it. You kind of spot it. You're like, okay, this is what I need. Mm -hmm. Step two is research what you're getting into and set a time limit for that research. Don't allow yourself to get bogged down 
trying to prepare for every eventuality. And that's what we all do. What if this happens? What if that happens? No, set a time limit, do the research within that time limit. Uh, your step three is create a minimal viable thing, whatever that is, something you're proud to share with the world. Don't get stuck on perfection. And then step four is commit to a launch date to make it real and make it public by telling people. So for instance, for Start Ugly, the book, the minimal viable thing for me was when I first wrote down the book and it took me a couple of hours. I didn't get stuck on perfection. It was a stream of consciousness that I wrote the book out. Now, from the time I created the minimal viable thing, which was the book, and the launch date, I probably rewrote the book 20 times. But right. I had something to rewrite, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And step five was start ugly and launch. And then you set your launch date. Now, here's um, Alex, here's the really key part. And this is, I had a very successful doctor in my room a few months ago. And he was shaking his head on this part. And I asked him why, and I'll explain. Step six is set check-in dates to assess. A, if you determine you don't like what you started, stop. Congrats. You don't have to think about it anymore. Uh, or B, if you love what you're doing, decide what your endeavor will become. New business, new division, side hustle, hobby, et cetera. Set milestones accordingly. And then step seven, create systems and work towards perfect execution. So I asked the doctor, I said, why did you shake your head? He goes, I just started a new line of CBD products for his patients. And he goes, it's wildly successful. He goes, but I don't enjoy um, putting energy into that business. He goes, so your step six A, if you determine you don't like what you started, stop, congrats. You don't have to think about it anymore. It gave him the freedom to stop because he felt if he stopped, he'd be a failure. And this is something in American culture that happens a lot. We kind of, we, we think of ourselves like, oh, I just started something. I'm just such a failure if I stop it. Actually, the failure is when you're thinking about something and never putting it to action, right? If you want to put it to action, all right? That's the real failure. Now, if you don't like it, that's actually a win because now you know you tried something. Now you could use your brain energy and your thoughts on something else you might want to try till you find what really sticks. And that's, that's what we consider success. So it's innovate, create, refine, repeat. That's fantastic. I want to kind of jump back to the third thing you had there, create a minimal viable thing. So when you're saying that, again, it's whatever product or service that somebody's trying to offer. When is it at the point where you think it's ready? Like, is it when, you know, let's like a book is kind of has something really tangible. But what about a service? Like, do you need to have an entire website built out for it? When do you feel like it's kind of at that point when you can start using it? Uh, you know, that's a great question. There's different ways to test a minimal viable thing. So you could create maybe a, a simple web page and do something as simple as throw some Facebook ads out there, see if it resonates with your audience. Um, do some test marketing. I, the one thing I would tell people don't test to your family and friends because they're usually not your end consumer and they're always going to give you, uh, you know, Oh, it's great. I think it's going to be amazing. I had a young lady recently tell me that she was going to create a podcast and the podcast was going to be her name 2.0. So I don't want to put her on blast. I'm not going to say her first name, but I said, what is your podcast about? She goes event planning. And I said, who told you your name 2.0 was a great name for an event planning podcast. She goes, all my friends, they loved it. I said, no offense, but if I'm typing in event planning, I will never find your podcast. She goes, oh, there's a whole bunch of them. I go, well, that's a, there's a reason for it. You know, people are searching for it. Look at the format changes. So she was very grateful for the advice. But her test market being her friends, that's not 
you know, you're going into an industry, find an industry expert if you can do some research. So for me, I could only speak for myself, a minimal viable thing like in, in the, like this book was my first draft was what I consider minimal viable thing because now I could get going. If it's service-based, it's one product or service line that I could offer in real time. Not a hundred, not two, not three, just one. Focus on one thing. Creating a Brand just launched something new for you. We released 15 online courses on our website, six of which are free and require no registration. Our courses cover a wide range of topics from blogging to podcasting, winning at networking, personal development, and so much more. Ultimately, each course is designed to help you succeed while saving you time and money. I want to challenge you to enroll in one of these courses today. Please visit creatingabrand.com slash courses to get started. In addition, if you enroll in one of our premium courses, you'll receive free access to all current and future courses, plus a membership to the Creating a Brand community where you can connect directly with me and with other entrepreneurs. If you're ready to take the next step in your life or in business, please visit creatingabrand.com slash courses and enroll today. I'm a recovering perfectionist is what I like to call myself. So I've I've been through the AA for perfectionism and... um, uh, I'm always working my way through there, but I always have this in the back of my mind, like Alex, launch it when it's perfect. And so the idea of when it's like at a minimal level, when it's like, okay, I could I could launch with this. Sometimes that doesn't compete with me. And I know that there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that are so focused on perfection because they look at these other brands that are really developed out there and they feel that they need to compete with everybody on the market, right? That's really common today. What do you say to somebody who's struggling with this perfectionist mindset? There's no such thing as a perfect launch. That's first off. Two, the the greatest marketers in the world or the business people you see, Bill Gates used to get crapped on when I grew up uh, and Microsoft would come out because it would have bugs. You know, the, the largest software company in the world that people run all their software on, Microsoft, would release, you know, Windows 95 with tons of bugs. And then the users would find the bugs and then they would fix them in real time. And I remember back then, it was like, why are they doing that? Because they realized if they waited, they would never have launched the new operating system. So um, Apple has updates for their phones all the time for the software because there's bugs in it or they have to fix stuff. So if the largest companies in the world are starting ugly, why wouldn't you? And, you know, for me, when I first launched my, my last company, I waited, it was probably six months I was talking about it before I actually launched. And... I look back on that. This this was many years ago, it was about seven years ago. And I look back at it and I'm like, man, Alex, if you would have started earlier, you would have reached the people that you originally set out to reach. But those people ended up going somewhere else because six months was a long time to wait for what I was creating. And you know, it ended up being successful in the long run. It took me a long time to get momentum. And really what I should have done is just said, all right, here's a, a landing page that'll work. Or here's an email newsletter where I can get the information out. And I didn't do that. Instead, I chased that perfectionism mindset saying, I want to be really polished, look really good. And the truth is, I didn't even know if it was going to work. But I spent all that time and energy doing that. Uh, Chris, where was your book Start Ugly at that point? (laughs) Yes, Alex, it's funny you say that because we all deal with it, whether it's perfectionism, or we're not good enough yet, whatever you want to call it. It's some kind of voice in our ear telling us, wait, Mm -hmm. don't put it out to the world yet. Um, I remember we had some like, last year at podcast, we had some tech issues. And people were asking for updates. And at one point, I'm like, I, I don't know. I was like, what do I do? Then I'm like, okay, let me own that we're having tech updates and let me record a Zoom. And I recorded a Zoom, created a PowerPoint, and then I put it out to the group. 
And people started thanking me like, oh my God, this is exactly what I needed. So don't get stuck on something has to be a certain way to, uh, I had a, a girlfriend early on. She'd always say to me, there's nine ways to skin a cat. So there's, you know, we don't want to skin a cat, but you know, the saying basically means there's nine ways to do something. Mm-hmm. So don't get stuck on one modality when there's, you haven't tried all the other ones. Yeah, it's so true. And and often the most important thing, especially in that moment, you realize the most important thing you could do was not have a pretty flyer printed out or a landing page. It was just to get the information in front of people as quickly as possible because you're able to capitalize on the problem that was happening in that moment. Early on when we started one of my uh, event companies, really community companies, I had a webmaster that I wanted a WordPress blog on my website because I knew I'm talking about years ago before WordPress was the standard. And he was like, I just made you a brand new PHP blog on your site. I said, I really appreciate it, but I want WordPress. He's like, well, why do you want it? I go, it doesn't matter. I'm the client. I'm paying you monthly. I want WordPress, you know, for search engine optimization reasons. This guy, um, through his passive aggressive nature, then would not update my website for my event till two days before the event. To say this wreaked havoc in getting people to an event. I cannot tell you what it did, but I had a friend of mine. He goes, you could either let this guy hold you hostage or stop paying him because I was paying him. He goes, the guy will probably destroy all the work that you've paid him now for over a year and a half, uh, more than likely, but you'll have to start from scratch. And I remember I only owed him one more monthly payment. Literally, I owed him one more payment, but I knew he was going to destroy the site no matter what. So I decided to say, okay, man. Uh, you and I are no longer working together. He was very happy to destroy the site that uh, he and I had worked so hard to build. It cost me thousands of dollars. Back then it was a lot of money because most people didn't pay 10000 for a website. And I literally created a landing page with the event in a Facebook group and a Facebook event page and Facebook was brand new. And quite honestly, it didn't change my showing number. It didn't change the numbers of people showing to my event. Uh, and they kept growing. So I learned something in the process in that, yeah, we want everything perfect. Here I am. I had the perfect website. I'd get compliments from everybody. But a landing page that was you know, quick and easy and, and not that good looking still did the job. That's amazing. I think for the Creating a Brand listener and community, this is an important topic we're covering today because so many people get stuck in the, the pre-launch phase or maybe even just the idea phase. This is a just gold as to get out there and start something. Start ugly, right? That's what we're talking about here. Now, you know my tagline, right, Alex? It's not start ugly, stay ugly. It's start ugly and then perfectly execute from there. Yeah, then that's number seven on page 79, which I would love for you to kind of talk about a little bit because you talk about creating systems and working towards perfect execution, which comes after starting ugly. So you don't stay ugly, right? That's a challenge a lot of people don't realize. They're like, oh, I started and da 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 If you did not improve your product since you started, you did not do yourself a service. The whole point is once you start... Now you have a baseline for improvement and you could only go up from there and you want to improve as you go along each and every time you create your product or your services. And that's when your systems come into play because now you're learning, okay, my clients like X, Y, Z. Let me create a system behind this interaction and let me work towards what we call perfect execution. Now you're building a business, a division, a very successful hobby, whatever it is you want to do. Uh, through the systems, but without starting, you can't build systems because you need to have some kind of commerce. You need to have some kind of, you know, if it's a podcast, you need to have listeners. Otherwise, 
you're talking to yourself for the most part. Yeah. How have you created systems in your organizations? What has been like a, a key to you? It's obviously audience based, but are you actually like evaluating the data somehow on a high level? What, what does that look like? Honestly, I, what I learned early on is when you're a smaller company and we're a small business to go crazy over the data is not, it's not conducive. So like I have a small team of five people. It's not conducive for you to really go nuts over the data. You do want data. You do want to know, like we have three levels of tickets, you know, who bought these tickets? Are we upgrading? How many people are buying pre-sale tickets at the event for next year? So this is for our event business, right? Um, you want to know that data, but you don't want to get bogged down in the data because your job, if you're a small company just starting out, is focus on sales and focus on perfectly executing, getting people into your funnel and then keeping them in your funnel engaged in some way, shape or form. So for me, my focus is, uh, let's say for Start Ugly, the book, I want people to buy the book and then refer the book out to their friends and family. Uh, and then we're going to have a three tiered launch. So we launch the physical book you know, because it's hard cover, it's really good quality. Second up is the Kindle version. Uh, you probably know this, but a lot of the people that buy your hard copy book that liked it will more than likely buy the Kindle version. But the key is they're going to refer it to their friends who are like, oh, great. I don't want to buy the hard copy, but I'll buy the Kindle version. So now you got another group of people that will help you evangelize the product or service. And then we're going to do an audio book launch about a week before PodFest. It's fantastic. So that's a system that you created. And clearly, you, you did it very well. You, you executed, you know, perfect execution, but you called it. I mean, you sold out the book really quick, which means things are going to the system that you planned, which is great. Fantastic. I love this, Chris. This is such a great book, such a great conversation today. I want to end with putting you on the spot a little bit, if that's all right. Um, mm -hmm. Every time I've ever had a conversation with you, you have called me to some form of action. So I want you to call our creating a brand listener and audience today to some form of action. What would you say is the action they need to take after hearing this podcast episode today? Since we're talking about Start Ugly, um, look at what you've been thinking about. Like think about what you've been thinking about starting or focusing on and literally go back through this audio, go to the seven point checklist and get started. If you could buy the book, great. But if you can't, we already gave you the seven steps in this podcast on how to start ugly and and start going down the checklist and then announcing to the world via social media, your friends and family that you're about to launch something. And then uh, the last thing I would tell you is understand when to pay attention to feedback and when not to pay attention to feedback. Alex, I'm going to use you as a case study if you don't mind. Sure. So I put on an event called PodFest Multimedia Expo. It's an amazing event. Alex attended the event. And I get feedback from a lot of people. You have two pools of feedback. You have people that are just not happy with their lives, right? And they're going to give you feedback that is more of what I would call a troll than a real feedback. So um, this is social media with everything. You're going to get people that are just miserable and they, anything they're going to tell you is like, I don't like the food because I'm this kind of food person, not this kind. Alex came to me and he said, Chris, I go to a lot of events and I really love what PodFest represents. And I had a phenomenal time. However, I noticed some issues with your volunteers and your ambassadors. And he gave me four or five points and he was spot on. So I called Alex. I said, Alex, can you tell me more and can you write this up for me? And he did. That person that gives you that kind of feedback, you could truly grow 
if you listen to that individual because they care, they're part of your system or your brand, and they want to see you grow. And that's the feedback you should always cue in on. Be careful of people that are just not happy and they're lash- that you happen to be in front of them when they're lashing out. Don't take, the, don't take that feedback to heart because a lot of people stop based on someone in that pool of feedback. But the Alexes of the world that, that are part of whatever you're doing and they care, you want to you learn from them because they're, they're helping you uh, in a major way get better because they're offering feedback. You don't have to take all their feedback, but understand what they're telling you for the most part has some legitimacy because they want to see things improve and they're showing you where they see room for improvement. That's great. So accept feedback from the right people. Chris, this was a phenomenal conversation. I really enjoyed this and know this can be so impactful for the listener. So thank you so much for being a guest today. Hey, thanks for having me on, Alex. Start Ugly. The title of this book really says it all. And and after reading it, I've recommended this book to everyone I know who's starting a business, launching a new product or service. And I've also referenced it in many of my talks at different conferences. This is a book I keep close by all the time to remind myself that when I'm feeling that need to build something perfect, it's better just to launch Start Ugly. I love it. But I also like that Chris didn't stop there. He talked about going beyond Starting Ugly, which is to create systems and work towards perfect execution. And honestly, that's what makes people succeed in the long run is getting something out as quickly as possible, making systems around it, and then perfect execution. I love this book, if you cannot tell already. If you'd like to learn more about Chris, visit chriscremensos.com or visit podfestexpo.com. I'll have links to both in the show notes. And here's that giveaway we're talking about. If you would like to join me as my guest to PodFest 2020, I'm giving away that free ticket to anyone who is a member in the Creating a Brand community. So one person from the Creating a Brand community will get a free ticket. So if you're not a member yet, join and Who knows? You might be the person that gets that ticket. Uh, And also, if you wanted to join, again, not everyone's going to get that free ticket, just one person, but there is also a discount for you. So if you're interested in attending the conference, please use code CREATINGABRAND, one word, at checkout for 10% off. Chris, thank you for being a guest and getting so many of us unstuck on our journey toward launching. If you would like show notes from today's episode, please visit creatingabrandpodcast.com. As always, thank you for listening, and I'll be back with you next week.